Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Monday, February 5th, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update, a quick 15-minute look at the main cyber news overnight so that you can have the means to protect your family, your business, or yourself online. Lots of things happening over the weekend. You'd like to think that maybe this would be the weekend that cyber would take a break. Clearly, it was not. So let's get right into it. eight tabs open. So some of these will be quick looks. Some of them will be a little deeper. But first one is an interesting, I, I, graphed, I graphed this particular article because the headline resonated with me because I'm writing a book and one of the art, one of the chapters has to do with protecting your mobile devices and internet of things device devices that you may have. And this particular article from Cyber News, Ernesto Snapper is reporting, cyber pros think you should disconnect your TV from the internet. TV is one of those internet of things devices. So privacy invasions and bombardments give some idea of where the smart TV market is going. Worse yet, cybersecurity experts are worried that the devices are increasingly hijacked for use in distributed denial of service attacks and distributing illegal content. So what should we do to maintain convenience and security? Well, for starters, leaving your smart TV connected to the internet is asking for trouble. Experts from cybersecurity firm Curator Labs told Cyber News that the devices have already been observed participating in the distributed denial of service attacks. This is because modern TVs are powerful computing devices capable of running games, apps, and other software, some of it malicious. As such, TVs pose multiple cybersecurity risks as their software support usually ends after three or four years, even though the devices typically hang on your wall for much longer. They receive less frequent updates compared to mobile phones, and the ones that you do get are usually focused on improving user experience, not security. Uh, cyber news has reported that cyber criminals are targeting TVs with malware, spreading it via apps for pirated movies and firmware. Infected TVs and set-top boxes participate in distributed now of service attacks and the spread of illicit content, even though some new Android streaming boxes from unknown vendors, usually in China, have been known to be shipped with malware. So be careful where you're buying your Roku's and Roku knockoffs and things like that. Um, it does say since the smart TVs have an operating system in theory, they may be compromised and used in a DDoS attack. Most vendors stop patching older devices. So in theory, these older TVs smell as a cyber security, right? Because bad guys are going to figure out how to find vulnerabilities and then use them. Um, now, one thing, I don't think it says go buy new TVs, but I guess you need to ask yourself, and here's a problem, right? If it's a smart TV, you've bought it so you can watch Netflix, Hulu, whatever on there. And having that capability requires a network access, but here's more making your TV smart TV safer. So should you disconnect the TV from the internet? Yes. In theory says curator labs, but it acknowledges the reality usually turns out quite differently. You should, but we all know you won't. People will buy, install and connect those to the internet. It's more about how to make it safer for you and your family. So here's what you got to do. Keep automatic updates on something. I always say, keep check the date of the latest update, refrain connecting to the internet on any vulnerable devices um, and do not visit suspicious website or dubious links. So, I mean, a lot of this really comes down to some sensible things. If you don't install unknown third-party apps onto the TV, if you don't use the web browser on the TV, then chances are pretty good you're going to be relatively safe. Keep the TV behind a router, isolate it from other devices. So here's another thing I talk about a lot is you want to make sure that you set up um, a separate guest network that your Internet of Things devices connects to because that isolates them from your more 
crucial devices like your phones and your TVs and stuff like that. So again, lots of things to do. There's, there's much more to this that you can take a look at. Uh, as always, the links to these articles are in the show notes. From cyberscoop.com, AJ Vincennes reporting, U.S. government sanctions Iranian, Iranian officials over Pennsylvania water facility hack. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Treasury Department on Friday announced sanctions against a half dozen Iranian government officials for their role in targeting devices at a Pennsylvania water utility in November 2023. Working behind a flimsy persona, the Cyber Avengers, the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps Cyber Electronic Command, targeted PLCs manufactured in, by Utronics, an Israeli company. We talked about this on the podcast when it happened. Um, let's see, what is the purpose of doing this? The Friday sanctions, and they mentioned who they are. Okay, I'm sure I'm sure this will this will stop all the problem. But hey, I guess I had to do something. All right. I just note that simply because it shows that you know, this government takes cybersecurity seriously, don't know. Certainly the um impacts are, are limited, but whatever. All right, cyberscoop.com, Christian Vasquez reporting, National Cybersecurity Plan lacks performance measures and estimated cost, the GEO, GAO says. Well, I'm shocked. I don't know about you, but that, that, that headline just shocks me to no end. In response to the Watchdog report, the Office of the National Cyber Director said that performance measures don't really exist in the cybersecurity field. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe he shouldn't be in the job. Anyway, let's read a little bit more, just, just for nothing else, just for humor on this Monday. The Office of the National Cyber Director has work to do to to improve the implementation of President Joe Biden's national cyber strategy, cybersecurity strategy, according to a watchdog report. The GAO said in a report released last week that the national cybersecurity strategy lacks performance measures and estimated costs, while the watchdog believes it's essential for a national strategy. Sure, you need to have it, but surely this is poorly done, which is not a surprise. The government, for God's sake. Uh, let's see, what else is he? So, um, Office of National Cyber Director Test Staff told the GAO said it wasn't actually feasible to develop outcome-oriented measures simply because those measures do not exist in the broader cybersecurity field. That's not true. I disagree. You, can, you can't come up with a measure that would determine whether your policy is a success. Well, then that's stupid. That, then why have the policy? But whatever. I, I'm not going to read more of this because it's just, it just going to irritate me. But I, mo- I note it just to show that our government is useless when it comes to cybersecurity. So you must take the means to protect yourself. The government is not going to protect it for you. If nothing else, it's going to make it worse. All right, Sergey Gatlin reporting for bleepingcomputer.com. Ivante warns of new Connect Secure Zero Day exploited in attack. So if you're an Avante router user, keep listen up. Um, today, Avante, this was today was uh, a little bit last week. So it's actually an older, older article. So probably not one I should, it's probably an older article. So I apologize, I'm repeating it. But basically, if you haven't updated your Avante routers, you're going to want to do that. A new zero-day zero flaw is a server-side request forgery vulnerability in the gateway's SAML component that enables attackers to bypass authentication and access restricted resources on vulnerable devices. There is a second flaw. Um, they are being exploited, but there are patches for some of these. So you want to make sure you update your Avante. I'm sorry, I'm repeating a new story I did last week. Sorry, let's, let's skip right on that. BleepingComputer.com, Bill Tolis reporting, Johnson Controls says ransomware attacks cost $27 million and data stolen. If you remember, we, this goes back back to back in September, I think I reported this right when I started this podcast. Uh, this was one of the first big um, ransomware attacks against a fairly large industrial control company. But Johnson Controls International has confirmed that a September 2023 ransomware attack cost the company $27 million in expenses and led to a data breach that hackers stole corporate data, as is the way with ransomware nowadays. Johnson Controls is a multinational conglomerate that develops and manufactures industrial control systems, security equipment, air conditioners, and fire safety equipment. As first reported by Bleeping Computer, Johnson Controls suffered the ransomware attack in September after the firm's Asia offices were initially breached and the attackers spread throughout their network. The attack formed, forced the firm to shut 
shut down large portions of its IT infrastructure, which affected customer-facing systems. The Dark Angels ransomware gang was behind the attack and claimed to have stolen over 27 terabytes of confidential data. The threat actors then demanded $51 million in ransom to delete the data and provide a file decryptor. Dark Angels is a ransomware gang that launched in May 2022. Um, The company acknowledged the service disruption, so on and so forth. Took the cost them $27 million to fix all this. And the the reason I bring this up simply is because if you look at this as an example, how many small companies can afford a $27 million rebuild of their IT systems? Pretty much none of them. So again, I say this and I say this all the time. If you are a small, medium-sized company, find help. You need to find help to help you understand the threats targeting you so you can assess your risk. Do a minimum risk assessment at least to kind of find out, are you doing some of the basics? Um, If you need help on that, reach out to me. I'm, I will give you an hour free time of consulting to talk about it and give you some suggestions. But again, I say this all the time. No one ever takes me up on it, which means no one really cares about cybersecurity, which is unfortunate because it's coming for us all. So again, I will say if you need help, you are welcome to contact me. I'll do my best to give you some advice. All right. Hackernews.com. Any desk hacked. Pop the remote desk Top software mandates a password reset. Remote desktop software maker AnyDesk disclosed on Friday that it had suffered a cyber attack that led to a compromise of its production systems. The German company said the incident, which it discovered following a security audit, is not a ransomware attack and it has notified relevant authorities. Quote, we have revoked all security-related certificates and systems have been remediated or replaced where necessary, the company said in a statement. We'll be revoking the previous code signing certificate for our binary shortly and have already started replacing with a new one. Out of an abundance of caution, AnyDesk has also revoked all passwords to its web portal, which is at my.anydesk.com, and it's urging users to change their passwords if the same passwords have been reused in other online services, which is a standard you should do for all passwords, but... Again, it's in my book if you want to read it when it comes out. Um, But people do this. They have the same password everywhere, and that is a problem. So AnyDesk is a very popular remote desktop software. If you use it, you're going to need to update your update your password. Um, and again, be aware, probably more of this story coming out in the next couple of weeks as they discover more. Hopefully, maybe they'll give a postmortem, say how it happened, what they found out, and how they fixed it. Uh, HelpNetSecurity.com. Malicious logins from suspicious infrastructure fuel identity-based incidents. of identity-based incidents involve malicious logins from suspicious infrastructure, which are hosting providers or proxies that aren't expected for a user or organization, according to Expel. Identity-based incidents account for 64% of all incidents investigated by the Expel SOC, a volume increase of 144% from 2022 to 2023. This basically means someone is... Um, using false credentials and and stuff like that. So the increased volume of identity incidents directly results from more phishing platforms becoming available on the dark market. Phishing as a service platforms allow a buyer to quickly deploy convincing credential harvesters for a phishing campaign. Several of these harvesters can pre-fill the intended victim's email address and load the appropriate branding and background of the target's organizational login page, making them look convincingly like an expected login page. So you get an email from your company. It looks legitimate. It says, I need you, you need to update your IT password or something along those lines. It looks legitimate. And then you put in your information. They now have your login information. That's why it's problematic and important to be suspicious and to query all emails you get that have suspicious links and attachments. Again, a chapter in my book deals with this. Uh, again, shameless plug, but hey, it's my podcast. I do what I want. Uh, the Expel SOC noted a 72% increase in cloud infrastructure incidents. Not a surprise as more people move to the cloud. Two in five incidents were caused by exposed credentials, allowing attackers to maintain access in the environment, meaning 
people whose passwords and logins have been exposed, don't change them, don't use them in multiple places. Bad guys can then use them. 90%, 6% occurred in Amazon Web Services. The remaining four were split evenly between Google Cloud Platform and Microsoft Azure, obviously indicating AWS is the premier cloud service provider in the world. Um, and this article also notes the rise of QR code phishing. Attack eaters are turning to script-based files for pre-ransomware initial access. Um, they noted a rise in the abuse of QR codes for phishing in 2023. Why? Because someone always takes a picture of the QR code. If you remember a couple years ago, um, Coinbase, the cryptocurrency company, had an ad at the Super Bowl where all it was was a bouncing QR code and 22 million people clicked it or took a picture of it to see what it was. People will click on QR codes because they want to know what the QR code is for. Bad guys are now starting to use this. It's called quishing. I think, or yeah, quishing, I think is what they call it because you're using QR codes to do phishing. So be aware of it. Again, Let tell your family member, don't click on every random QR code you see. Um, do some due diligence to make sure you know what you are taking a picture of. Infosecuritymagazine.com. Cloud, this is James Coker reporting. Cloudflare suffers a breach after failing to rotate stolen Okta credentials. So in this particular case, this, is actually, this article actually talks about Cloudflare doing a postmortem of their the impact it had that the Okta breach had on them. So thumbs up to Cloudflare. I, I recommend you look at it if you want, if you are like me and want to see postmortem stuff. But Cloudflare has revealed its systems were compromised on Thanksgiving of last year, leading to source code being accessed by threat actors. The IT service provider believes the attack, which took place on November 23rd, was perpetrated by a nation state actor. You could probably guess China or Russia, who used credentials stolen during the breach of identities to access management specialist Okta. Cloudflare admitted it failed to rotate its credentials that were stolen during the Okta breach. So again, this is not some big hack capability by the actors. It is human error on Cloudflare's part that allowed them to get in. More of this article, you can certainly look, I'm not going to dig into it too deeply here because I'm running out of time, but I just want to point it out for your knowledge. Um, it's a real quick read, probably a two to three minute read if you want to take a look at it. Just get some, just get some impressions as to, you know, kind of what happened and what it means. So I recommend you do that. As always, the articles mentioned in this podcast are located for you in the show notes. Thanks so much for taking the time to download. I really appreciate it. Know that knowledge is protection. If we can assess or understand, rather, the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely online. Thanks for listening. We will see you again on Tuesday. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.